Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Monday, March 1st. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Here's how we're making you smarter today. How former President Trump and New York Governor Andrew Cuomo will be affecting Washington this week. Plus, the mood in Minneapolis ahead of the trial over George Floyd's death. But first, today's one big thing, our failure to protect America from future catastrophes. The pandemic, the power grid failure in Texas, really name your catastrophic failure from the past year or so, which has made it clear that many of the systems we rely on as Americans are unprepared for the worst. And as Exeus's Felix Salmon has been writing, our infrastructure is failing and future disaster events could stress our systems past the breaking point. Felix, there are a lot of people whose job it is to basically worry about all of these things happening. In the U.S. government, whose job is that? Well, it's interesting you should say that, Nyla, because there are, you're quite right, a lot of people who worry about these things. But I feel that what we lack in this country is a person whose job it is to coordinate all of this. So there's any number of bits of the Department of Energy or the Department of Homeland Security or FEMA or almost any government department you care to mention, what's harder to find is one person in the cabinet or near the cabinet or cabinet adjacent who can just basically coordinate all of that stuff and make sure that everyone is pulling in the same direction. We also should be talking about state and local government's ability to handle this. And the private sector, like everything needs to be coordinated and you need to coordinate from the private sector, the city level, the state level, the federal level. And that kind of coordination is what seems to be lacking. So there's this idea that that's too expensive and fixing something like our electrical grid is too expensive. What I love about your story is that you reported that no one less than Warren Buffett has weighed in when it comes to the electrical grid and how much this costs and if this is something business can undertake. So Warren Buffett had his annual letter this weekend, and he owns a company called Berkshire Hathaway Energy, which is investing billions and billions of dollars in the electrical grid. And what he said very explicitly in his letter was, this is insanely expensive and it is totally worth it. It is a false economy to try and save money now and say, oh, well, we'll deal with it when the emergency happens. It's much cheaper to build in resilience in advance. And in fact, it can be a profitable thing. It's not an expense. It's a profit center. I think a big part of this is also our mentality around these events, right? Like we just seem to think that they don't happen. And actually they do. This is exactly right. What we're talking about here is not the resilience of the U.S. infrastructure. It's a psychological thing. We don't like to think about these things. We don't like to spend money on these things. We like to spend money on things where we can see immediate, obvious results. It's insurance, and people don't like spending money on insurance. They feel like if they don't collect on the insurance, then it's kind of wasted, even though really it's not wasted. Felix Salmon is Axios' chief financial correspondent. Thanks, Felix. Thanks, Nyla. In 15 seconds, Mike Allen joins me with what you need to know about this coming week in Washington. Welcome back to Axios Today. Lots going on this week in Washington. Axios co-founder Mike Allen is joining us for a sneak peek in politics. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Nyla. 
Mike, let's start with what broke this weekend about sexual harassment allegations against New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. And I'm wondering how you think Democrats will be responding and reacting to this week, given their past stance and how they've treated Republicans who had faced similar allegations. Notably, I'm thinking of Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh. No, Nyla, that's a great point. It really puts Democrats on the spot. And what's amazing is how fast this story is moving. So Saturday night, the New York Times broke its story, a second former aide to the governor. This one, age 25, charging him with sexual harassment. And I talked to somebody up in New York, and they said, you never notice how fragile the dam is until it breaks. What are you watching for as this unfolds then? Yeah, so who is going to do this investigation? So just how independent will the independent investigation be? That's what everyone in New York is on the edge of their seats about as we start the week. And Mike, we can't end without talking about former President Trump, who yesterday made his first public speech since he left office in January. And we heard a lot of the same claims, false claims about the election. Actually, as you know, they just lost the White House, but it's one of those things. But who knows? Who knows? I may even decide to beat them for a third time, okay? So that was at CPAC yesterday in Florida, Mike. I wonder if that says it all about what former President Trump's future relationship is with the Republican Party. Yeah, he wants to build as much power as he can. So I'm told behind the scenes, sources close to Trump, that he's going to build a machine to participate in, try to influence the 2022 midterm elections. And all of that is a prelude to whether or not he runs in 2024. That strip tease will go on for quite a while. Nala, I can tell you the people close to the president, many people close to the president do not expect him to run, but they do expect him to hold it out there as long as possible, build his leverage. Which means there's a long shadow that'll be cast across, I'm thinking, even Washington this week as stimulus negotiations continue? That's right. You'll see Republicans in their camps, a few taking shots at him, more of them continuing to kiss the boot. And then for Democrats, you're seeing their strategy is the less said about Trump, the better. So you've seen the Biden White House has been very disciplined about trying not to take the bait on Trump. They know it soaks up oxygen, does nothing for them. Thanks, Mike. Now have the best week. A week from today, jury selection begins for the trial of Derek Chauvin. He's the former Minneapolis police officer who's been charged with the killing of George Floyd. Axios Twin Cities reporter Toy Van Oot was telling me about how many things are already being locked down in the city. So I asked her to share with us what the mood is like ahead of the proceedings. I'm standing in downtown Minneapolis outside City Hall and the courthouse where the trial is going to take place. And it is empty and boarded up down here. There's tall plywood and metal fencing surrounding both City Hall and the courthouse. There are concrete barriers with fencing surrounding them all. Some have black plywood covering the windows. Last summer, after George Floyd was killed, 
protests and civil unrest caused about $350 million in damage across Minneapolis and St. Paul. And they really want to make sure that doesn't happen again. City officials say they also want to make sure that people who want to come out and protest have a safe place to do so. As I was walking around, I actually stumbled upon a press conference and protesters are already gathering to declare their plans to protest. Fences, razor wire, National Guard troops or not, we will protest on March 8th. City officials put up these fences and these barriers and they're going to close some roads and they say that all of this is meant to help kind of keep the peace during what is expected to be a really tense and difficult couple of weeks for the city of Minneapolis. Axios Twin Cities reporter Tori Van Oot from Minneapolis. That's it for us today. You can reach our team at podcasts at axios.com or find me on Twitter. And if you want more news before tomorrow, tune into our afternoon podcast, Axios Recap. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, and we'll see you back here tomorrow morning.